Yes, I understand. It must have been terrifying. So many unexplainable things have happened here. Part two of our interview. My God, I'm a poet. It's actually funny that I did that because one of my students was asking me why I had soapstone up on the board. And I was like, oh, it's like a way that my second and eighth period like analyze things like when they read rhetorically. And he's like, oh, I thought it was like a poem you were writing. I was like, I'm not a poet. And he's like, aren't you an English teacher? I was like, yeah, are they the same thing? And he was like, yeah, you have the skills that you can master it. I was like, I don't think it works like that. I was not given the gift of poetry. <laughs> but if you're an English teacher, you should have the gift of poetry. I guess so. I mean, I can't. Anytime my teachers were like, we're writing a poem today, I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I can write a mean paper. Natural born I guess I didn't know that about me. <laughs> um, we had on Cheryl Fisher. Yeah. Who also, if you listened to last week's episode, is as passionate equally as Christy was about science. Yeah. It really was so crazy like in a good way to hear how passionate both of them were like back to back yes you remember when we were recording with Cheryl and you were like wow Christy is also as passionate and then I was like yeah and they're working in the same classroom <laughs> yes yes and she's also um very adventurous you'll hear in this episode thrill seeker <laughs> literally far more adventurous than i could ever dream to be <laughs> like i think i could be convinced to do a couple of things but never bungee jumping no I, the, like, I I everything jump. that she said she was doing i was like no <laughs> couldn't like, catch me <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could be convinced to do skydiving. I really, Heck no. but bungee jumping, no, because I don't like that fall sensation. I don't. I don't want any of it. A roller coaster. Hmm. I barely like a roller coaster. I'm good with roller coasters. That's about as adventurous I'll get, like thrill seeking wise likely be a no I would just have to really be convinced if anyone knows anything about me I I don't think I'm the easiest person to convince of things <laughs> no you literally said when you don't <laughs> do something you're miserable so. <laughs> like I have the text receipts so. it's so true <laughs> <laughs> So we can't sit here and say like you would be convinced You know what? That is a conviction that I think everyone should stand by. Don't let people convince you to do things you don't want to do. Yeah, kids, don't give in to peer pressure. Literally, don't be a fool. Stay in school. Oh my god. Okay. And then we also had Katerina. 
Giberson on, who is in the English department. And her story was really interesting because she also is going to have like a lot of life experience ring into the classroom for different reasons. So I think that it's just another added bonus. Yeah, and I really liked um, because she's from Kazakhstan. And so I think her perspective on living in America, even through these times, is really interesting. Right, right. Like her talking about how, like, I've lived other places and, like, even through this, it's better here than somewhere else. Right. Right. So and I, I she brings that, like, humbling perspective to a classroom where sometimes high schoolers really have never been out of their bubble. So they're not, they don't really know. She's going to be really great when we get to like the American dream unit and everything we're talking about because she can bring up like all of that and talk about how she is like a she is the American dream I think I say that in this episode but you know like if you are you always do think the grass is greener on the other side and especially when you're in high school like it's got to be better somewhere and as there are many flaws in America uh but in comparison to many other countries in the world there's it's just I think we take that we take it for granted yes yes I think everywhere has something to improve on even the best of the best people individually in life have something to improve on so no one's ever and nothing's ever perfect but when you try to compare it uh, overall life here is going to be better than somewhere else right right because that she was saying the educational and different opportunities that are available here. Yeah, right. A lot of times education, like, I mean, there are education in America is still a lot based around wealth and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in other countries, you literally cannot receive an education unless you have money, like period at all. Like at least here you can you're entitled to you have to go to school K through twelve. Right. Unless you drop out. Right. Um, it's just the higher education piece that mm-hmm. where people in America have a little more difficulty. Um right. but yeah, like even as like women or girls in other countries are not still don't have the option to go to school. Right. Like, when my parents went to Guatemala, like, three years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. they went to go to the schools there, and the girls in the school, so it's, like, grade school they went to, mm-hmm. and the girls in the school are not taking, like, math, English, they're taking, like, life skills courses, like, sewing, cooking, yeah. the boys are taking, like, the math classes and everything, but the girls are literally taking classes to be a, how, like, a wife and a mom. Right. That's so crazy. that's crazy right and my because my dad was like laughing because it's not like he could never imagine like I would never do that <laughs> um but I think also that was why he was so proud of me for graduating college and things because that's not like it's unheard of where right. he's from crazy to think that there's countries who are still 
in that mindset. Right, right. Yes. I just really, I think, again, I really like these past, last week's episode and this week's episode because it was just really a great time getting to talk to everybody and kind of get to know them on a personal level behind, like, besides just, oh, that's just one of the new people. Yeah. And it's funny because... All, like last week after the first episode came out people were being like oh I didn't know that about them or like oh yeah that like they had said that in their interview and then that's why and like it was just funny to like see like that people were listening and it was like sparking right interest or thoughts in everyone yes I think it adds great conversation starters or just you feel like you can kind of get to know them even if you don't really get a chance this year to talk to them. Okay, so if you're excited for part two of meeting the new staff at Overbrook. Okay, so our next new hire that we're going to be talking to is Cheryl Fisher, right? So I'm Cheryl Fisher, and I started in education about 20 years ago, and I actually started as a paraprofessional. So I'm actually a nursing school dropout. So I went to school. I, of course, I did the traditional thing. I went to school out of uh, high school, and I went to nursing school. But I found myself starting a family very young and, you know, it was hard to balance. So, you know, I had, you know, I have three children. I, my, uh, my son is 32 and my daughters are 25 and 26. So it was nice having a young family. And 20 years ago, I found myself as a paraprofessional at Magnolia Public School where my kids went. It was wonderful because... I got to be at the school where my kids went and I got to um, be home for them as well. Uh, and then I said, darn it, I want to get into science education because as a paraprofessional, I saw that there was a weakness in science education at that time. I mean, this was a long time ago, guys. Yeah, I, I just, um, I was actually inspired by one of the sixth grade teachers that I was in class with. And he, of course, was energetic and uh, he really enjoyed his job. And I said, you know, this is this is really what they need. And and then I really liked the middle schoolers because it was a K to eight. And I, I said, you know, I'm going to go be a middle school teacher. And uh, I went to Camden County College and started taking courses there as I was working at Magnolia as a paraprofessional. And there I was inspired by the uh, biological sciences. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to go be a field biologist. The kids are getting older and um, I'm going to start work, doing work in the field. So I changed my focus from education <laughs> to a science major. And I participated in outdoor science um, as far as banding birds in Alaska, doing uh, raptor counts in Cape May, and uh, doing um, investigations in the Pinelands for swamp pink. 
I also found that there was research in reptiles and we do have reptiles here in the state. So um, one of my research projects was actually uh, handedness in snakes. Yeah, really weird. Um, so that was fun. That ended up coming up in college. Uh, so uh, snakes actually show left-handedness or right-handedness, oh, even though they don't have any hands. Huh. Um, that's an evolutionary thing. So that was a fun little research project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but who would have thought? <laughs> so every time we fed them, uh, they would coil, especially if they were constrictors. They would attack and coil. So they would c consistently coil in a certain direction. Uh, so my career in science actually took me to the birding field. And um, of course, I've worked, I've worked at the aquarium. I still work at the uh, aquarium for the Center for Aquatic Sciences. Um, and I work for Cedar Run Wildlife Refuge in Medford. Uh, so I am uh, an emergency. Um, there's an emergency hospital for wildlife over there. Uh, so I'm a shift manager over there and I've been there about 10 years so what we do is we take care of orphaned and injured animals um, to release them back out into the wild you know just last Wednesday I happened to find a fox on my walk and my daughter's like only you mom you know? <laughs> and I have two dogs and a fox in the forest that I can't leave and you have to come get me with a box and a towel <laughs> and are you kidding me so uh, off to the hospital that fox went but um, that's a very exciting job, but then uh, one thing that I was hoping to do for this district, as I do with other districts that I've worked in, is um, bring those education programs uh, for conservation and animals and wildlife into the classroom. And be, with the current state of affairs, I can't. And uh, the animals that I generally work with uh, most often are birds of prey, uh, you know, owls, hawks. Um, and of course, snakes, turtles, you know, uh, with the aquarium, I, I do bring sharks and horseshoe crabs and various things. Uh, so, you know, this will be the first year that I can't do it, you know, in the 10 years that I've been an official teacher. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just love what I get to do both as a scientist and as an educator. And I just hope that my passion is translated to the next generation because it really is important to not just educate, but inspire to ensure that these, um, this environment, the, the animals that we share this earth with uh, are protected. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Like both Cheryl and Christopher are so passionate about mm -hmm. science. Like how crazy that you guys got like matched up to yeah. work Oh, Christy and I, we know a lot of the same people. It was very funny when we first started uh, speaking with each other. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I took that time to really experience science as well before I did become a science teacher, you know, and I feel like I have a better uh, connection to the content, you know, where now I really know why it's important to teach science. You know, it's not just about following a curriculum. That passion that I got in front of you about conservation, working with animals, and what you did before and wanting to bring that to the classroom is like, it's just super cool to hear it. That's the best part. And you bring like real life experience and real life stories to the classroom. And that's what they value and love most. It's 
like sharing real life experiences. How can this connect to anything in life? So, yes, it's sad that we can't do things the way that we did, but change is interesting as well. I feel like we are in a paradigm shift as far as education and where we're going to go. So even though we're operating with something new and feel like we're going to go back to the normal, you know, maybe this is our new normal and how can we make this the best situation, you know, and just change the way that we think about education. As hard as this is, like, there's been good things so far that have come out of this, like, lessons that I thought could never be on digitally. I've made digital and I'm like, wow, it turned out better than it usually does. I'm definitely learning new things and, you know, working for the wildlife refuge as well, you know, I was able to implement technologies since March for them because we didn't have our education programs to support the nonprofit that we work for. And that was scary because um, these organizations do rely on donations and education programs. So it was like, what are we going to do? Well, got thrown into the technology and yeah. now I'm really comfortable with it. I, I can definitely say I was not that comfortable with it come March, um, but now I love it. So usually um, at the beginning of the school year, the first or second day of in-service, Adam has a faculty meeting. At the beginning of the faculty meeting, like he did on the Google Meet, he'll introduce our new staff. The new staff have to go to the front of the auditorium and share a fun fact about themselves in front of everybody. Um, And it's usually this like, it's this weird, like, fun thing because everyone never knows what a fun, their fun fact is, and you're awkwardly standing up there. Oh, gosh. Well, as you guys already heard, I'm critter crazy. Um, that's also my geocache handle. Uh, <laughs> critter crazy, MJ. Um, uh, you know, I've always cared about animals. Um, I, I do have quite a few at home, and the kids always think I'm – crazy. They're going, what? They always hear these little stories. I, I thought you just had dogs. No, I have dogs, cats, goldfish, cockroaches, not the kind that live in your house, but I have the Madagascar hissing cockroaches, okay. the big ones. They usually live in the classroom. They're usually, yeah. Um, but I also have uh, chickens, pigeons, and two parrots. So, um, but I also like doing outdoor activities. Um, so, um, you know, I, I skydive, um, and, uh, and bungee jumping. So I haven't bungee jumped in, in quite some time, but I find bungee jumping, um, more fun than skydiving. So I'm a little bit of a thrill seeker, which is yeah. one of the reasons why I'm a teacher. <laughs> um, so I guess we said, what are you most excited? Like, I guess that was answered. Right. Excited about starting the year? Or teaching high schoolers? Because you said you wanted to teach middle schoolers. Oh, how did I get to high school? Yeah. So one of my physicians um, was, well, two of my physicians. I, I worked at Paulsboro um, High School, which was also a middle school. So that was eighth grade through 12th, uh, where I taught anatomy and physiology, one of my favorite classes, to seniors. Um, and biology to 10th graders, and um, I had 7th graders as well. So when you start mixing 7th graders in with 10th graders and 12th grade, um, you know, anatomy and physiology students, it's it's a big difference. <laughs> and that's when I really learned that I could get my 
content across uh, my real love for learning anatomy, you know, as a nursing student, as, you know, an animal welfare person, you know, where I'm patching things up, you know, comparative anatomy was really important. Um, that's where I learned to love the high schoolers. And my next position was at Oakland, um, uh, Oakland slash Collinswood district. And that was also a middle school, high school district. I was the only teacher for middle school and high school. Um, they went up to ninth grade. So all ninth graders took biology like they do here. Um, I love my middle schoolers, but it was really that ninth grade where I just enjoyed them so much more. I love my middle schoolers too. Um, but I found that the content was a better fit for me. Um, and then when this came up, uh, I was really excited because I heard, I, I was actually at Audubon right before here. Um, when this came up, I heard that this district is fantastic. Already the staff, um, there was somebody I worked with at Audubon and she had worked for Berlin and she said, you're going to love it there. I, I said something about the interview and she said, it's amazing. The staff is amazing. I hear nothing but great things. And I was really excited, you know, um, you know, interviewing for other districts too. It's just not knowing, you know, I was in a position where I didn't expect to be moving districts and it's hard to find a new job and make that change. The unknown, you know, going into the unknown, you know, are they going to be nice to me? It's yeah. such a little bit tough, you know, you know, are they going to like me? You know, are they going to be mean? You know, and just, it, the first day I came in to get my Chromebook, just watching as an outsider, everybody interact, you know, oh, I haven't seen you all summer. How are you? Or, hey, how's it going? And just the way everybody interacted, I felt comfortable that first day, just picking up my Chromebook and went, oh, it's going to be okay. And I could finally breathe. And our last question is the, like, the one we've been asking everybody, I guess, but the overarching theme, I feel like, of the podcast and the reason why Alexis and I started this is because over the summer, well, it was before summer, summer, yeah, May, when the murder of George Floyd. Oh, my gosh. We were reaching out to Alexis and I and, uh, and other staff members, too. But we were saying, like, God, we don't feel like we're not going to go out and protest. That's just not our personality. Like, it's just not. I'm too nervous. My mom would kill me. So we were saying, what else can we do? So then we kind of thought of this idea, asked Mr. Lee, like, I love it. So our, we've been talking a lot about the theme of social injustices and, you know, racist equalities. And we've had Mr. Fisher on and we've had Alaya Braxton on and we've had Alexis's neighbor. Who else? Mr. Lee was on, yeah. Um, and just talking about these ideas, these, you know, old in the American system. So how do you feel about addressing social issues with your students specifically? Well, I, it is absolutely important. Um, so what a lot of people don't know about me is that I have one biological daughter and one adopted daughter. Um, and that's when I really started recognizing that there was a problem. Um, because, I mean, I mean, just last year, I went to dinner, you know, at Iron Hill. And I had all the kids meet me at Iron Hill. I think, uh, actually, Danielle 
So my daughter had graduated college and we were going to Iron Hill just for a college dinner. Um, I'm a graduate of Rowan. Uh, she's a graduate of Rowan. So we met there and we got there first and uh, she actually showed up. We didn't see her come in and she said, I'm here to meet my parents. And they said, we, they're not here yet. So is your daughter, your adopted daughter, is she, is her race? She's African-American. Okay. Okay. So um, they told her that we weren't there yet. We were there. So the host had just assumed, you know, that they were looking for somebody, you know, of color. And I just thought that was terrible. You know, why would you do that? You know, and there have been other issues as well um, where I had both the girls uh, when they were younger, uh, you know, shopping or whatnot. And, you know, you just see, you know, of course they ask her, oh, she, she's your daughter, that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is not uncommon that people adopt children. <laughs> and it wasn't matter. Well, my, they used to tell my other daughter that she was adopted all the time uh, as well because she's darker skin. My, my husband's of darker skin as well. Um, dark eyes, jet black hair, you know, and my daughter looks like me, just a different color. You know? And there, um, I used to run a Girl Scout camp and not just the kids, but the counselors, you know, uh, would say, you must be adopted or, or something like that, you know, really curly hair. And um, it, even my parents, you know, uh, when Danielle came to, uh, you know, when it was official that she had come, I think they didn't realize it was really going to happen when we had her. And I don't know if I feel like even my father felt like it was his ticket to say things inappropriately, you know, and I went, we're not, we're not going to say those things, you know, and right. just because, you know, she's part of my family does not give you the right to say things, you know, and so we do experience it right. and it's infuriating. So I understand where, you know, people say, oh, calm down and this and that. No, when it's so constant, um, it really is frustrating. And sometimes, you know, they do have to get loud and get these groups larger to get noticed that there is an issue. And of course, I'm going to support the movement, you know, and support uh, these types of things. And I, I think, you know, I have a duty to do that as well. Yeah. You know, it's really important to step up and say, no, we're, we're not going to do this anymore. Right. You know, and I'm sorry that, you know, sometimes I'm not, I'm not going to feel guilty, but I know that people that look like me do do this and do say things. And that's awful. And of course I want to be part of the change, you know, and of course I want to be part of that support system. Okay, so your next um, is Katarina Kajerson, and she's in the English department today. And so start off by going through yourself, or the school, um, and the race that you want to tell about you. 
Uh, hello, everyone. Um, so my educational background is pretty interesting. I got my bachelor's in English overseas uh, where I grew up, which is in Kazakhstan. And um, I'm also um, half Russian, half Ukrainian, and now I'm an American citizen. So I always say that um, I have the best of four worlds. <laughs> yeah. um, and I have my master's from here at Aston University. Uh, I mean, Newman University at Aston, uh, BA. And um, I started as a preschool teacher. I actually taught preschool for three wow. years here while I was going through grad school and having two little kids uh, with me there. And uh, bring, you know, and then after um, I got my certifications and everything, I decided to try high school and I loved it. I mean, little kids, you know, they do always make you happy, but it's like more of a physical job kind of. And, uh, but I like high school because, you know, with this age you can reason and you can um, kind of have those deeper conversations. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. yeah. So when did you move to US? Um, I moved to the US um, in for good in 2002. My first year I came uh, here was 2001, and actually last Friday we shared a lesson on nine. Um, we shared stories during 9/11, where everybody was at that time, and that was actually the day before um, the twin towers. Twin towers collapsed. I was there leaving that day, seeing New York for the first time, and um, and I was offered a ticket on. 9-11 or 9-10 and I chose a 9-10 ticket and after I flew home and um, I walk in and I see all this stuff happening on TV I'm like what's this is this a movie uh, and I was just there yesterday and they're like no it's happening right now I'm like no you're lying you know it was just fine yesterday oh my God. so wow. yes I've been here so about 20 years now so wow. that is crazy. <laughs> Um, they speak mostly Russian uh, because it used to be a part of Soviet Union, and um, but the majority of population are Kazakh, and they're trying to bring back their roots now, which is so I do know Kazakh language as well. But yes, the majority of population is Muslim, and so I kind of grew up in a very diverse um, culture. Mm -hmm. Did you learn English in you? Um, over there and kind of like in most and uh, you know um, American students don't really realize it but English is like second language almost everywhere you start studying it from daycare and I was just always obsessed like since I was little with English I don't know I just really loved it I loved everything that was American like when Soviet Union fell apart? You saw we saw that first American movie, you know, Hollywood. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's life <laughs> beyond the borders, and it's like it was just so exciting to me, and um, I really wanted to know more. And my dad was kind of pushing me to every like um, advanced English class and tutors and this and that. So and then I went to college to teach English to study how to teach English, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that that like. Like everywhere, English is predominantly learned side by side with their language as well. Yeah, like from traveling, so many people say it's like we have to learn English here on our first language. But like you, when I was traveling, they're like you as an American, are so lucky because you 
aren't forced to learn another language. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like, like, like that American like mindset of like you're gonna learn our language? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think they should, but they also should, you know, um, kind of. Um, I think you're like it ingraining more of mm-hmm. learning Spanish, like yeah, or any language, language a second language, because I took Spanish. Like we had little Spanish classes in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I was in Spanish through middle school and high school, and I took a Spanish class or two maybe in college. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to show for it. I can say hola, mm-hmm. and because since we never had communication, it was never like strictly enforced of having to learn it. You don't learn it, and mm-hmm. you know you have that Americanized idea of well. Everywhere I go, they're going to speak English. And that's not always the case, but that's definitely a lot of our mindset. We're asking the new hires to share a fun fact with staff and students to listen to it. Fun fact um, about me that everybody kind of gets shocked when I say this. I, I still cannot ride a bike. You wow. know, that expression <laughs> that it's like riding a bicycle. No, <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's a, I don't know if it's a balance issue, but I have to learn every year. Um, but for some reason, I was always good on skates, you know, um, always have having those cold winters. And But for some reason with bicycle, like I told kids, to, you know, I'd rather get a tricycle. I would be fine on tricycle. Mm-hmm. I don't care how I look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine parking into <laughs> I like this year I tried and I kinda you know almost fell a couple of times so I gave up. <laughs> so my kids are trying to teach me. Oh, um, I think last year I wrote it for a, for a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, I don't really write as much as my kids. Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have two kids, okay. teenagers, um, thirteen and fifteen. Oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Because you said you were always fascinated by American culture and by English. Did you always want to be a teacher? Yes, I always wanted to be a teacher or um, at least um, to be an interpreter and travel the world and meet different people. So I always wanted to kind of, my, uh, you know, my dream, like that's on the bucket list, is to visit every country. I know it's not realistic. <laughs> Probably, you know, um, maybe when I retire and have you know, win a lottery. But yes, that was um, something I always wanted to do. But I, I got to America. So that's pretty much, you know, the only country like besides Russia and Ukraine I've been to. Uh, and then, you know, it, once you have kids, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's still, you know, a goal. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And now you're getting older, like, you know, that's when my parents and I started doing bigger trips was when I got older. So instead yeah. of saying, like, oh, we're going to go to the same place, we went to Salt Island in South Carolina, mm-hmm. timeshare. And it was like, okay, maybe now we'll go on a cruise or we'll fly somewhere. They felt more comfortable having to pack up with a bunch of little kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, what are you most excited about teaching high school or this year? Um, I really like 11th grade curriculum, um, right? The American um, um, Revolution and all of that, the, just the establishment of the United States and 
the Declaration of Independence because that's another part that always fascinated me about America. Just, um, you know, how they won their freedom, how they fought for it. Just American Constitution is probably, I don't know, I don't, the only constitution that never changes or like for the most part because it was so well written, written and those laws still work. And um, I'm just, um, in my previous school, I taught it in 10th grade. That's why I'm, I'm kind of going to make sure. <laughs> yes, it is a lot of yeah. grade. <laughs> Um, so I'm really excited about teaching that although things are a little different with technology and on this new program that we have to implement um, I would love you know I didn't see the crucible and I really love the crucible it's just the whole idea of you know achieving the American dream and like for me it was my number one goal like since I was young and um, because there's no such a thing as like uh, you know Russian dream or Chinese dream or there is an American dream and that says something you know the freedoms the securities when kids complain in my classroom you know our country sucks and this and that I'm like you need to get out and see the world and you will really appreciate and you come running home crying and like saying I want to stay here and um, they think it's always better somewhere else but Mm. you know I've been around and I've seen you know other places and I really believe that there's so much more here like that America has to offer than a lot of other places. Got it how you brought up there's no Russian dream or Chinese mm-hmm. dream. And still today, like there isn't. People are still holding on to that American dream no matter what's happening and being seen in the news. So yep. it's definitely but I think that that's a lot of you know, young adolescent mind that mm-hmm. where they are right then and there sucks mm-hmm. and that something else has to be way different. Yes. Um, they challenge everything. Yeah. yeah, they challenge everything, which I think is great. But then it's also, you're not educated, haven't been traveling, haven't been around to really know, like, no, you have it pretty well where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what's so great, at least for, in my life growing up, going to college and being able to travel is I've been able to be humbled and say, you know, no, like, this is a fun trip, but I'm, like, excited to go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our, as well as those explained to you right before we, like, started recording, well, kind of idea behind the starting of the podcast came up through the murder of George Floyd, and students are reaching out to Melissa and I, and we're sure some other teachers as well. Um, so, you know, it was trying to start the podcast to show the students there's other ways that your voice can be heard. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily always be in a protest during a pandemic, you know, so there are some other options. So, a question we've asked all of our guests who have been on is how do they feel about addressing social injustice issues with their students? Um, I feel that that's a topic that should not be avoided or should not be, like, we should not be afraid to let kids talk about it or um, talk about it ourselves or even um, start, initiate that type of conversation because it's, um, it's really important for kids to kind of, it's, it's a lot to digest, especially for young minds like that, um, it's it's just a lot for them and um, it causes stress and anxiety and things like that and um, there are also so many different opinions 
And I think it's our job to kind of guide them, you know, in the right direction with these types of topics like social injustice and racism. And, and I will, you know, teach my, you know, other students how to do this, you know, that it's not right. And, um, but they need to know how to do it right because they're very emotional. They need to know some information. They need to read more research. Um, so it is important for kids to have that outlet as well as uh, we should kind of, it's our job to direct it in the right way, in the healthy way. Uh, so they don't like respond uh, to hatred with hatred, you know, because there is no reason to do that. That's not going to do anything good. Um, how to do it smart in a smart way and um, educated way. And because you're going to come across all people in walks of life. And it's always the people that don't really know what they're saying that argue the loudest, yeah. not the smartest. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing this. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome.